particularly this picture, we are having a meeting under a bamboo tree, you can see that. And I was preaching, there's a paddy field, and right beside it, under the tree, we are preaching, and this man with a white shirt, uh, he approached me and another evangelist that we are trying to build a church building in this play in this village, but we couldn't find any land. Nobody's selling the land that there is no land to be sold over there. Government restrict, not, no land to be sold over anymore. So this man come to us and he offered us his home, his property, his house. That's a little, very little property. It's only maybe about 42 by 24 feet. It's a very little, I don't know, maybe from that over there here. He had a mud hut with a cow shed and walking, like cooking outside, those type of things. These are the people. And he insisted, like, please take my home and just build a church over here. So I asked, why are you gonna, then why are you going to leave? So I don't know, I'm going to move to other places, I'll find something, maybe some neighbor or maybe under a tree or something. Are you kidding me? Are you staying in the tree? He f almost like pushed us, please take it. And we discussed about it and uh, we had a plan, but we never shared with him. We took the land. We crashed. We demolished his home. That is his, his house, mud hut. We just crashed it. Everything was plain. This is the picture I want to show you. After everything was demolished, everything was flat, and the day before we start the church construction, the building over there, I, I went, because I designed everything and the construction, and the final checkup, and they were there, and you can see, can you see them smiling? Can you see that? But the thing you cannot see, actually it's raining over there. It started raining, they're standing on their ground, no home, smiling. How is possible? Well, they're in joy. I mean, they were so happy because we're building a church building on their property, and they're so happy to just give up, give up their home for the church. They're happy. And I, when I saw that, I feel short. Like, the sacrifice they're making for the Lord is so big, so huge, it's no comparison to what suffering or maybe what struggling I'm doing. I learned that day what does the widow's penny, the offering, means. And also I learned that day that the, the Bible is a, like a two-edged sword. What does that mean? The word of God went from us to them and then it's changed them, changed them so much they can give up anything for the Lord, and they did. And when they did that, it came back, changed me totally. <laughs> you know, to a sword. We built a church building over there, and a kind of a secret two rooms for them, but never told them. But when this is the church building we built, the construction you can see. Little, little room, 
but we can fit 60, 50, 60 people over there, no problem. This is the building, the dedication day. They are very happy. We give the honor, Dr. Tomioka, to just open the church. And the first day, about 80 people showed up, and we squeezed everybody in it. Dr. Tomioka preached the gospel over there. And you know what? The next month from this church, about 40 people got saved in, from this area. And I baptized 37 of them in one day. Now you said, David, how are you baptizing 170? Actually, listen. This, the act of these two poor daily labor, they go out selling themselves for labor. They go out, work, and they eat. Whatever they did for the Lord, that led 37 to 40 people to the Lord. Because now they're happy, they have a church, and they have a place people can listen to the gospel. With that thought in mind, please open your Bible. If you have one, Colossians chapter 1. I'm just focusing on maybe one verse, just with this thought keeping in mind. Maybe it will... Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Hopefully this verse will make more sense now. It makes me sense now more than ever because what Paul is saying and what we see in Bangladesh, what we're doing, it's making more sense now. Verse 24, it says, Who now rejoice in my suffering? I'm reading, let me, let me read. I'm disconnecting this, by the way. Let me read from the Pew Bible. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Can you believe it? Don't we believe that Christ finished everything? What is Paul saying? That Christ is lacking is Christ. What is lacking is Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is the church. Paul never said that you have to get crucified and die for people's salvation. Christ did it. He paid the price for sin. Ransom is being paid. But folks, never even think that church will be built for free. No. You have to. I have to suffer for the body's sake. Then the church building will be built. Then one church will be built. All these apostles, they were killed, persecuted for the church. All the missionaries around the world, they're suffering. You know the Bible I'm holding, it's a Bangla Bible. If you want to touch it, touch it later in the table. Dr. William Carey came to Bangladesh in 1890. And the suffering he went through, if you read it, his biography, he lost his wife, his seven-year-old child, Philip, was died in cholera. Nobody even came to bury the kid. The father, can you believe it? Father carrying his seven-year-old child to the grave by himself 
No funeral. <laughs> just kind of dumping the body and just covering. They went through those. But Paul says, I'm rejoicing in my suffering. Why? That's the part. Yes, there is a suffering. But there is a joy in it. I'm rejoicing in it. Because Jesus Christ, he left it for me so I can do it. This is his design, not mine. He did it. And Paul also, he said in the following verses, if you read it. And he says, verse 25, Which I am a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Paul saying that, yes, I am rejoicing in my suffering first. Jesus Christ designed it so I can do it. I can bear it. There is a church. There is a body for it. Also, in his stewardship, in his dispensation, in KGB it says, in, in Greek it says, oikonomia. That means it's, it's his best choice. You ladies and men also, you go to grocery shop and you just pick things, right? The good apple, the good oranges, the best thing. You know, I, uh, the last night we, we are with, uh, I forget her name. Please tell her name. Tell it. Eleanor. Eleanor. I'm sorry, I forget your name. Beautiful home. And we took a, when I was taking a shower, oh, I saw those beautiful shampoos and soaps and those type of things. We don't have those things in Bangladesh. We enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. And this morning, nice coffee, you know, and she made us blueberry pancake. But when she did it, she picked the right one, the best one. When you do something for your home, your, your family, you do the best thing, the right thing. Paul saying, this is what Christ did. And that's the word stewardship. According to the stewardship from God that was given to me, God chose me. He picked me. He thought I'm worthy of it. So I can preach the gospel. And I'm rejoicing even I have a suffering in it. Because now I'm feeling proud that God chose me for doing it. Christian, when you suffer for the Lord, for anything, take pride in it. Because God chose you to do it. There's joy in it. No regret at all. Paul is saying, I'm so glad in my suffering. I'm rejoicing in it because Christ chose me to do it. He thought I'm worthy of it. Also, if you come move a little down, you see, after reading, uh, look at the verse. I'm going very fast. And you see here, let's pick up verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ, worthy in front of Christ. In case it says perfect in front of Christ. 
I'm rejoicing in my suffering. The third reason, the byproduct, the fruit, is that I present somebody in front of God. Perfect. All the missionaries, all the pastors, all the people, among you too, I'm rejoicing in my suffering because the byproduct, the, 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 the result of it, presenting these people perfect in front of Christ. And if I have a suffering for that, I'm rejoicing in it. But finally, what Paul says in the very last verse, for that I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. He says, Paul now finally concluding that I'm rejoicing in my suffering because it is not like I'm doing by myself, but Christ is empowering me. He's helping me to do it. It's his strength, his power, his energy that I can go through. And I'm rejoicing in it. You know, working overseas in Bangladesh, before we came here, my kids were very excited. And, you know, especially my Jason and Rachel. Uh, when we moved to Bangladesh, Rachel was very little, so she has no like, memory of it. But she learned, she knew, she heard things. And before we came, she said, Daddy, in America, we'll have popcorn. I said, yes. I said, yeah, popcorn. Daddy, in America, will pancake? Yes, you'll have pancake. Yeah, we'll have pancake. Why? They don't have those in Bangladesh. And we're enjoying when we came here. Everything, all the food, all the, everything, the life over here. Every time I take a shower over here, I feel like I'm sanctified. And I'm making more holy. It's hot shower bath. It doesn't exist over there. We take shower at night. Do you know why? Every time you go out, it's dirty, it's muddy, it's terrible. You cannot go to bed with those. So we take shower at night. I take shower at night and morning and evening. It's good. Every time it's nice. We're enjoying it. But it's a joy to live in the mission field, suffer, it nothing compared to the other people who suffered more than us. But whatever we are doing, we are not regretting for that. We are rejoicing in it because the byproduct is Christ. He left for us. We do it. He chose us worthy. And the suffering, the result of suffering that we make people perfect in front of Christ. And he is empowering us. Same is doing to you. Same is doing to you. You are doing your part. Affliction, the suffering, the Greek word behind it, actually, it is not only physical, but social, economical, mental, and physical suffering. And you have to bear those sufferings. 
Sometimes you have to bear some economical suffering that you take aside your money that you should use for yourself, but you're using for my for missions. It's a suffering. If you do it, there will be a church in another part of the world. The time, the mental pressure, if you bear it, there will be another church in the world. And I'm so thankful that you are sending us, supporting us, and sending other missionaries. That is not all. We can do more. So we can have more building church for the part of the world. As I mentioned, we have five evangelists. Now they are working full-time faith-based. Pray for them. Think about them. Support them. I'm not standing in front of you for my support. But anything, whatever you're supporting me, anything come extra, five, ten, fifteen dollars, whatever, that goes straight to them. Second, we have nine church buildings that has not been built yet. We are trying to build those church buildings. You can designate some love offering towards that. That we appreciate it. And also, we have need people over there. A doctor, nurses, teachers, musician. Come. Work with us. Suffer with us. But we'll rejoice in it.